Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. From John 2, 1 through 12. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to me and to you? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the person in charge of the banquet. So they took it. When the person in charge tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, That person called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee and revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother, his brothers and his disciples and they remained there a few days. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Renee. So I I am going to try to stand here because of the camera. I'm a type of pastor that likes to wander. So this is going to be unusual for me to try to stand in one spot, but I will will do it. So this sermon series that we have started is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Not the normal Mary that we think about. It's Mary, M-A-R-Y. Mary, have yourself a little Christmas. And it looks, through the, looks at the Messiah through the eyes of his mother Mary. Unfortunately, in the Protestant church and after the Protestant Reformation, we kind of threw Mary out with the bathwater. Anything that wasn't Catholic, the Protestant church tried to get rid of. And one of the things we got rid of was 
Mary, except during the Christmas season. So we don't hear much about Mary, which is unfortunate. She had a big part in who the Messiah is. So um, let's celebrate Mary, and that's what we're doing with this sermon series this year. So we began at the end last week, and last week, uh, Pastor Michelle spoke about the presence of Mary at her son's death, a prominent interaction between a very human but a very faithful mother and her son, who was divine but also human, which meant a certain, certain, a sure and certain destiny that she would live into very well. This week, we move forward in time during the period of Jesus' ministry. Mary's interaction with her son in these crucial days where he is showing the world who he really is. So let us listen to the scripture. I'm going to read a little bit of it again. And I want you to pay attention to the interaction between Jesus and his mother Mary. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells, tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. I'm going to stop there. I want you to stop and think about this situation we find Jesus and Mary in. And I want us to ponder it about the song that we sang last week. Mary, did you know? I know many of my colleagues don't like this song. They really think the song doesn't really portray Jesus. Or doesn't really portray Mary in it. They have a difficult time with the theology in it, the social issues in it, and many other reasons. I believe this song is not really about Mary, it's about us. What do we believe about Jesus? Who do we believe Jesus is? Do we understand who Jesus was and is? Do we believe that Jesus actually walked on water, gave sight to the blind, turned water into wine? Did Mary know? Yeah, I think without a shadow of a doubt, Mary knew what Jesus was capable of doing. We see that from from the scripture that we read this morning. Mary understood who Jesus was. She knew what he was capable of doing. So here at Canaan, Jesus tells, she tells Jesus to help out at this wedding. And then things happen at weddings. Um, the bride will faint. The groom shows up an hour late. The bridegroom forgets to come down the aisle without the rings. You have a reluctant flower girl who screams and throws a tantrum. The, smile, the smiling pastor keep call, keeps calling the bride and groom by the wrong name. The bride bawling and wailing at the top of their lungs, or the groom coming to the ceremony three sheets to the wind. <laughs> Having outdoor weddings with rain, wind, snow, and sleet. And if you're lucky, it's a beautiful sunny day. In this version, we find Jesus, his mother, and his friends attending an unforgettable wedding in Canaan. Then there's this incident they run out of wine. And we all know when you have a wedding, you do not want to run out of wine, especially in the the Jewish culture where wine was a very important part of the ceremony. Now, all the pastoral things that we do, weddings can be among the most difficult. To be truthful, 
I've been a pastor almost 10 years, and I still haven't done a wedding. I don't know what that says about me, but, I, but I'm talking to pastor friends. They say that weddings are, can be very difficult and surprisingly more complicated than funerals. And trust me, I do a lot of funerals. Because of the wedding, because weddings are full of traditions, people either try to make it ridiculously to the hilt, keeping all the traditions, or doing the opposite, trying to oppose or denying it out of principle. Every, and everyone has an opinion at a wedding. The bride's mom wants it done this way. The groom's mom wants it done her way. It just shows how difficult it is to bring two families together on this wonderful day. On this wonderful day, in this passage, the wine runs out. Oh, what to do? Well, for whatever reason, Mary's Jesus' mother gets involved in the problems at Canaan. The wine, the wine runs out. Like I said, this can't happen. This is a tragedy. But you can see it in Mary's eyes. You can almost hear Mary saying, Don't worry. I'll talk to my son. He can fix anything. Like an ancient version of the Kent family of Smallville, Kansas, who's had this teenage son, Super Clark, around to help lift with to lift the heavy things. So Mary, Mary tells Jesus, they're out of wine. The mother and the son interact. Interaction kicks in. You may or may not know these ancient stories of Jesus. These useful miracles that were written in the Apocrypha Gospels about the infantry of Jesus called the Gnostic Gospels that didn't make the 66 books in our Bibles, which uh, Pastor Michelle talked about this summer. But these Apocrypha stories of the young Jesus are pretty interesting. For example, Jesus' business, family business, was carpentry. We know that. Jesus' father, Joseph, was a carpenter. Well, every carpenter knows the rules. Must be, this rule must be followed. Measure tr- twice, cut once, right? Because if the board is cut too short, you can't stretch it to fit. Well, unless your son, the apprentice, is Jesus. In the infantry gospel of Thomas, Jesus is working with his father, and when cutting a board turned out to be too short, Jesus would wave his hand over it, and the finished piece would fit miraculously, either stretching it or shrinking it to the right size, satisfying both his father and the customers. Another apocrypha infantry gospel stories include Jesus making birds out of clay and and bringing them to life, healing a woodcutter's foot that was cut off by accident, healing his brother James after he was bitten by a viper, And this story that I'm about to read out of the infancy of Thomas, chapter 11. Now when he was six years old, his mother sent him to draw water, to bear it and to bring it into the house. And he gave gave him a pitcher. But in the press, he struck it against another and the pitcher was broken. But Jesus spread out his garment with a garment which was upon him and filled it with water and brought it to his mother. And when his mother saw what was done, she kissed him, and she kept within herself the mysteries which she saw him doing. For whatever reasons, these little stories of Jesus' childhood did not make it into the Bible. Even if some of them are mere mythology, I do think it's reasonable to assume Mary's 
Jesus' mother knew he could fix things like no other son. Thus, the conversation ensures, ensures and, it, and though it was Jesus who performed the first public miracle, according to John, it was Mary, was, was it not, who led him to do it. I love the conversation that Mary and Jesus have. They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not my problem. My time has not yet come. But when the story continues, but his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Does, he, does she give him that look? We all know when you get that look from your mom. Did he fidget for a moment? Oh, okay, mom, I'll do whatever you mean. I mean, he gave the impression that, he's, that she was meddling again. He tells her his time was off. But in the very next scene, he's over the water, jars, the servants waiting for the world. And the next thing you know, there's 100 to 180 extra gallons of wine. When Jesus does something, he does it with abundance. And this is abundance. I know from personal experience that my mom believed in me, that I could do anything. As a child, I had a learning disability and a speech impediment. Well, I had problems saying my R's, and my name is Dirk Robinson. So I had a difficult time saying my name and my last name. I struggled in school thinking I wasn't smart or talented enough as the other students. It was my mom who always had my back. She was always my mama bear. She didn't matter the situation. My mom always told me, you put your mind and your heart to it, you can accomplish anything. I knew there were probably many educators that I worked with who never believed that someday I would be a pastor with a master's degree in divinity. But Sharon did, my mom. I believe she did. She could see the potential in me that I, did, that I could not. It's what moms do. Moms know their children, after all. They've done, they've done a lot for us, right? My mom did a lot for me. Jesus said, it's not my concern. He calls her woman, which sounds a little bit odd, but most commentaries say it's a transitional of a form of respect. So he wasn't disrespecting Mary when he said woman. It was actually respectful the way he said it. But part of me thinks it's more like who, when we call, when I called my mom, mom, but there's times that I would say, mother. <laughs> Just like when she said my middle name, I knew I was in trouble. When I said mother, she knew she was in trouble. <laughs> At any rate, she's mom. She wins, and the water became wine. Jesus saves the day, and the scripture says, this miraculous sign at Canaan in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Last week, we saw a mom at the suffering of her son on the cross. This week, we see a mom at the side of her miraculous son. Just think of what Mary knew about Jesus that no one else could. And here, she, we get a glimpse of what Mary knew. I think behind this kind of mom-son dance is another tender feeling shared universally by moms, pride. Hallmark cards are repeated with these sentiments. Our kids, as we watch them grow up, come into their very own, be who they are and who they're created to be. One Hallmark card cover says, to a special daughter, 
so glorious, smart, and cool. When it comes to personality, you're, pers- you're positively rule. Great styles like yours really seen outside of the magazine. So how did you get so wonderful? You open it up. It must be in your jeans. Or this birthday card. On this day some years ago, our wishes all came true. Our dreams became reality when we were blessed with you. Inside the card it says, your love and you, your love and you mean more to us than you could ever guess. For you have done so much to fill our lives with happiness. So this comes as a reminder as you celebrate your day, be proud of you and love you so much more than words can say. Sometimes it takes a mom and a dad to see the wonder in a child. Oh yeah, moms drive us crazy. Moms nag us. Moms are nitpicky. Moms are hard on us. But at our best moments, we shall also see them for the wonder they are, the wonders that they are, and the blessings that they bring, and the hope. I hope in the times we are wise enough to give them a hug, to let them see the smile and say the words, I'm so proud of you. You're going to give gifts to your kids this year? I say this is the gift that it is. It's priceless and will long be remembered more than an Xbox or a PlayStation. In the eyes of Mary and her son could do anything. Well, he could. But as his mom, what do you think it did for her? When she saw the lame man in the temple walking again, or the formerly blind man looking at how green the leaves on the fig trees are, or the leopard reunited with his family, or the otherwise outcast Zechariah eating dinner with friends. Oh, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but I know she is saying, that's my boy. Years ago on the TV show, Johnny Carson hosted The Tonight Show. He was interviewing an eight-year-old boy. He asked to appear because he rescued two friends from a coal mine outside of West Virginia. As Johnny was asking the boy, it somehow became apparent to him and the audience that the young man was a Christian. So Johnny asked him if he attended Sunday school. When the boy said he did, Johnny inquired, what are you learning about in Sunday school? Last week, the boy said, our lesson was about Jesus. Jesus went to the wedding and turned water into wine. The audience roared, but Carson tried and kept a straight face. Then he said, what did you learn from this story? The boy squirmed in his chair, and it was apparent he thought, but he hadn't thought about this. But then he lifted up his face and said, well, if you're going to have a wedding, you sh- make sure you invite Jesus. <laughs> the little boy was right on. I have an account on my Facebook, and I get these invitations to do causes that I rarely respond to. I've been invited to some causes that support our troops, battle against breast cancer. I rarely join these groups on Facebook. I'm not sure I'm for them. I can see why others can be against them. Another one invite this week to keep Christ in Christmas cause. I thought to myself, well, I mean, Christmas without Christ? Isn't it a little hard to take Christ out of Christmas? Or is it? 
Doesn't that go without saying? Or does it? Then I thought of the words from the little boy on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. If you're going to have a wedding, make sure you invite Jesus. I'd add today, if you're going to have Christmas, make sure you invite Christ. Otherwise, you might miss the miracle. Mary wouldn't want that, nor would Jesus. And what a shame it would be for us for whom the miracle came. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. And let's be in an attitude of prayer. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your son Jesus who came to save us from ourselves. We thank you for Mary who who was willing enough when God came to her to say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Use me as your vessel. Lord, may we have the same courage, the same enthusiasm that Mary had when the angels came to her and asked her to do this incredible, incredible, incredible event. Lord, be with us through the rest of this Advent season. Remember that and how may we remember what Jesus taught us is to love one another. And that is our, the key to what Jesus wants from us, is more than anything else, is to love, love, and love some more. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now let us pray as Jesus has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Let us not be temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thy is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.